Okay, we're coming to you live from my new desk chair in a post-nap state, so I've reached new levels of NPR chill professional voice. Hi, I'm Emma. <laughs> I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations they keep giving each other. This week, it's my pick, and we're talking about Laura Marling. You sound like one of those like late-night radio hosts where you're like, now we're going to do that's some the vi- That's what I feel jam. like right now. I'm like, this is the vibe that I'm holding in my heart and my mind. <laughs> Let's. I have reached peace levels of bliss. I have some tea. I am thinking of eating my fun dip that I have sitting next to me, but we'll save that if I need a little mid, mid-record boost. I know. If, if our track record shows... We, if you are chill, you will not be chill for the entire podcast. There will be moments. I know. I'm already really sweaty, actually, if we're being oh, honest. So why? <laughs> because I'm drinking tea, and because it's like I'm drinking tea, and it's like 28 degrees outside, and my door is closed, and my fan is off, and my window is closed, so that we don't get any background noise. <sighs> <laughs> She's going through it. <laughs> when am I uh, not? Yeah. Okay, okay. But before before I go and reach. My, continue my peaceful, peaceful state of being because that is the state that Laura Marling induces in me uh, sometimes, which we'll talk about. <laughs> Your voice is so low. I can't, I can't promise that this would have been any different if I had, if we had recorded an hour ago because I think I would have been sleeping for an hour ago. Okay, Jenny, do you have something you'd like to tell yeah, me yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Um, we have been calling this segment, uh, Unshareables, and we realized why. We're sharing things. This makes no sense. That's, this doesn't Let's make go. any sense. I'm not good at thinking of pithy thing, pithy names for things. It takes some work Exactly. And so, um, we have decided on a different name, and we'll see how that goes. Um, so what we're calling it right now is a Spotlight Swap. Um, so, cause someone is spotlighting something, someone wants to kind of talk about something and put a light on something. Also, if it's, it's the other person's main episode, what they're bringing, we're kind of swapping that spotlight from them and be like, hey, me too. Ooh. I also have something I want to share real quick, please. And thank you. Um, and if something is alliterated, then I like to say it. Yes. So. Exactly. Spotlight. Um, and Swap. because it could be something the other person can share or it could be something that we don't want to dedicate a whole episode to. It could be a feeling. It could be so many different things. Um, so mine this week is Hobby Farms. I don't even know what that hobby is. Hobby Farm? I have no clue what you're oh, speaking of. Okay, so this is like... I have not heard of this. Um, <laughs> this is if someone has a farm on their house, but it's not like for income purposes or it's not like their main point of in- like income. It's someone who has like... A house that has a barn or like a horse or a place that has like a big garden and some chickens. Like it's our, it's for a hobby. It's not actually for like their main income or income at all. It's just as a hobby. And I'm surprised you never heard of this before. Okay. No. Okay. When you said hobby farm, I legit was like, I was thinking of like adult summer camps are really popular in Toronto where adults can like do the summer camp experience they never had as children or they did have as children wanted to relive it so I was like oh is this like a, a farm you go to to learn a hobby not that farming itself is it the is, hobby yeah. which makes more sense although I would absolutely go to a farm for like here's how to make felt <laughs> exactly um, but yeah I 
have really enjoyed hobby farms. Um, the main reason why it's on my mind right now is that I went to my friend Kate's parents' house um, a couple of weeks ago. Hi, Kate. And hi, Kate. Thanks. I love her. She's very great. Um, and um, her parents have a little hobby farm, and it they have this huge garden. They make jam all the time. They have so many types of birds, and it makes me so happy. They have these ducks that are like a mixture of a mallard and like the classic like white farm duck, and they like all waddle in a line all the time. And they have like a bunch of chickens and a bunch of quails. And so I got to go see her. And they also have. Do they have an Instagram? They don't have an Instagram that I'm aware mm-hmm. of. Um, I wish they did though. Get one so I can look at the duck. Right. Well, I. They also had. I. One of the main reasons I went is that they had some new baby ducks or ducklings <laughs> and um, baby chicks. And so I. We went and I got to hold like a baby duck. And we had, like, a little tub with water, and they were swimming around. They were, I think, three days old. So, like, even, like, their waterproof down feathers weren't, like, fully developed yet. So we had to, like, take them out and dry them up. And um, they had these, like, really small chickens running around. They also have two um, puppies there right now. They have a golden retriever and a Bernese mountain dog. I think that's the one. Not the big, big big ones but like the kind of smaller ones and it was just wonderful I got to collect my own quail eggs and I've never cooked with quail eggs before Kate makes these delectable deviled quail eggs and it's is there a major taste difference in quail no. eggs between like chicken eggs no so or is it just eggs? I I like made some like fried quail eggs for breakfast a couple times and it's pretty I'm much sorry. it tastes exactly the same it's just smaller so I had like three little quail eggs on one piece of toast and I felt like I was like playing like little house with like little fake eggs but that's what it was it they're harder to crack though because like the film inside is like in relation to the size of the egg like a lot harder to get through but besides that oh anywho I had a great time and hobby farms um, are fun and I appreciate anyone who does that because it's just their hobby they enjoy doing it and they want to keep care of animals and stuff and i'm like yes this is good two things one jenny sent um pictures of her at this farm to a group chat we had with another friend and i literally like i was in my bed because when am i not lately and i sat up and said oh my god (laughs) and then now i've been also like i've been thinking about like getting some more photos framed because i have a huge gallery wall in my bedroom but it's not i want the whole wall covered and right now i've got some some gaps so i was getting some photos printed and i am getting these photos printed just so you know because you look so cherubic and secondly um did you see birds of prey yes i'm going off on a brief tangent here you know the egg sandwich and birds of prey yes Yes. Margot Robbie can't eat eggs. She's allergic to eggs. Um, or chicken eggs. What? So they had to use duck eggs. Oh. For that, for that egg sandwich. Interesting. That cheesy, bacony, greasy egg sandwich. Because she cannot have chicken eggs. And she was like, I was part of the discussion to have that scene. And I just never thought of it until we were making the movie. And I was like, hello, everyone. These need to be way bougier. <laughs> she probably had an Australian accent when she said that, though. But anyways. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, um... Yeah, her mother like um if the ducks lay eggs sometimes she'll I make she, eggs for dinner she has like an incubator that she can she loans out to families and sometimes schools and they like w- like incubate these eggs and then they hatch and they can like see the life cycle of that and then they bring them back to the mom so then she gets more chicken uh, yeah it's great good times 
But apparently, oh, like, man, that's so many people in the beginning of um, COVID-19 pandemic were buying chickens. And so, the, apparently, the chicken market is, like, not great because everyone bought their own chicken when this happened. And But apparently, the duck market is still great and people are still in demand of ducks. Anywho, that's a weird tangent to okay. say. But just so you know, that's the thing. That's okay. <laughs> The pandemic has changed us all in many ways. (laughs) But yeah, hobby farms, go check them out or do your own. I do not have the skill nor time, mainly skill to have or space or accessibility. Also space. Yeah. I have a backyard, but not that big. Yeah, I have like a front yard and I rent, so I can't really just... I have a fish named Steven and he is my child and that is the most, the biggest pet I'm allowed to have or the only pet I'm allowed to have. Anywho, that was me talking about hobbies. Are you hobby. not allowed to have pets? No, uh, it says no pets, and then I in my lease it says except for Jenny's fish, <laughs> and that was in the lease for like a year before you even got a fish <laughs> because I was like you need to put that I can have a fish, and so now I have Stephen named after um, Stephen from the Adventure Zone. Anywho, we digress. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we are shaking things up a little bit today because I don't know what this place is. I'm getting rid of that choice immediately. Um, we're not doing a movie, so I don't know how this conversation will go because I am someone who likes having the the vague structure of a plot to take me mm. through what I want to talk about and go off on tangents, and I know more about movies than I do about music. Um, but like Jenny said, like we originally had the unshareables, which we were using like a lot of music artists mm. or like other things, and... That's where like we can we can share more than one thing we can share more than one type of thing so we're doing musicians uh, this 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 week and the next episode and I picked Laura Marling uh, who is a British musician um, who I really enjoy my sister introduced me to her and I have listened to her casually for the past several years and uh, was really picking up the amount of time I listened to her because I. In the before times, was going to go see her in April, in the first over the Easter long oh. weekend. And she was coming to Toronto. She has a new album that is actually out now. She was originally planning on releasing it later in the summer, but ended up releasing it in mid-April because she was like, I mean, why wait? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was, my sister was going to come visit me and stay with me for a weekend. And we were going to go see her in Toronto. Mm. And then the next morning, take the train to Montreal because I have lived in Toronto for two years and I have never been to Montreal which makes everyone I know shake their heads in disappointment uh, um that's okay and go see her and go see her again the next night we we're gonna take Whoa. the train to Montreal and go see her again the next night um because she's my sister's favorite and so I like listened to her casually for a few years and really liked some songs but she has produced an incredible amount of music um over the course of her career which I'll talk about a little bit more shortly um Anyways, there's just so much to enjoy. And so then I, my sister made me a playlist that I then added to for to send to Jenny. Um, yeah, I, I really like Laura Marling. Um, Do you want to describe her music style? Oh, I will say... Yeah, I will say one other thing that was kind of nice that when we originally picked her, I was uh, not aware of the, the passage of time week to week. I still am not. I'm good at day to day, week to week, not so much. Um, but actually... Uh, a week ago, she did... No, two weeks ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> two weeks ago, she did a live stream concert in one of the concert venues she was 
scheduled to do a concert in in the UK mm. and um, I bought a, a streaming ticket to that and it was really nice where it was it was very interesting because she was in this very formal formal beautiful venue incredible acoustics um, and they just had her and a very very minimal crew mm-hmm. set up and she they just like kind of filmed her from a distance and she just did a whole her whole concert wow. set in an empty venue um, so I watched that and it was really good um, she's been described as Oh man, Jenny, my computer, we've been having a lot of computer, we, I have been having a lot of computer struggles lately. It's being much better now. I can't hear the fur fan <laughs> whirring. Um, so that's what that sound is. Anyways, um, she's been described as new folk, uh, oh. N-U, uh, new folk, uh, but she is like a, a British singer, songwriter, music guitarist, uh, who does a lot of soft folk music. Uh, she explores a lot of in her early career did a lot of versions of traditional British folk songs mm. um, and she's been compared to Joni Mitchell a lot um, and she writes a lot about uh, her experience being a woman in the music industry and one thing I think is really interesting is like she's been a professional musician since she was 16 her first album she's currently 30 she turned 30 in February her first album came out when she was 18 was recorded when she was 17 um, and so like she's had seven albums in the past 10 years like she's just churned out an incredible amount of work but I and I really love her the way her musical style has evolved in that like it hasn't really it's like all of her songs do have a very specific sound Mm. to them and it's this very gentle lilting she's got a very like lyrical way of speaking her her she's got a beautiful singing voice but she does speak a lot during her songs yeah and she goes from having this very high delicate voice to this very low husky speaking voice and i just really like yeah i wrote down like her range is incredible i know i just really like the way her her she respects past lives and I don't mean that in the the reincarnation sense I mean in the fact that like who you are when you are 16 years old is very different from who you are when you are 18 when you are 22 when you are 30 Mm. and she she treats her her past selves with great care in all of her music yeah I find um you kind of talked about like her like speaking voice and her singing voice and the range and like the way that she can easily go between all of those different things like she can all of a sudden do a really high note and then she goes into this like speaking singing rhythm type thing mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now she is has a very low range it's that control of your voice takes a lot of time to perfect and to do correctly and effectively and i feel like she has is really smart and creative in the ways that the words that she says and what tone she uses for which words are very strategic Mm -hmm. and it's it's very impressive yeah she's she's very economical in the way that she uses words like she i was gonna say she has a really flowery sense of writing like but she she writes both she puts words together in combinations i could never think of she's very talented at describing her emotions but she does not go into great she doesn't use like a lot of descriptive words she doesn't go into great detail she just has this extremely efficient way of mm. speaking with great sentiment that I really enjoy. And you can tell that she puts a lot of work into um, what she does. When you said, like, sentiment, you can definitely tell, like, the emotion in a voice. 
Because sometimes you can hear someone say a lyric and you're like, okay, yeah, but you can actually feel the emotions when she sings and you can feel mm-hmm. the pain when she's singing or you can feel the um, the power or the wanderlust and you can really feel that with like not only with her voice but with the types of music and instruments that are included mm-hmm. in her pieces. Like a lot of times it's mainly guitar because she plays a guitar which I'm always amazed at when anyone can play a guitar to start but also do that and also sing and do it at the same time one thing too is that and that's something she has fought very hard for and she sings a little bit about it um in oh my god in the song strange girl um on her latest album songs for our daughters uh where she talks about like how when she was younger she was really encouraged to become the front woman for a folk band because she was part of this new folk scene so i'm gonna talk a little bit kind of about her career because um, you mentioned that you had also done some research, which is great, because I did some research. But, like, again, like, her career has been going strongly for almost half her life now. So I was like, I'm reading mm-hmm. profiles and interviews, but this is certainly not all there is to it. Um, uh, in my hometown, there's a folk music festival every summer that is my favorite part of growing up in that town. Yeah, and... I got to go to it one year. <gasps> and it was great. No, that wasn't even that. That was... Um, it was No. It? So that was... What was that? That was the Newfoundland Garden Party. Um, and it was in the parking lot. It was also very fun. It was in the parking lot of our multiplex slash arena. Um, Folk on the Rocks is on a beach and it runs Oh, yes. Oh, never mind. Yes, I knew that. I will say that the Newfoundland Garden Party was a very good time. Um, it was, it it was so cold. Lisa kept calling it chill chilla because it was so cold. I was like, I mean, you could have called it cold chill, but anywho. Cold chilla. Or Coachilla. Yeah. But you, anything would have been more accurate than the way she said well, it, but it was still I mean, hilarious. Chilla, she gets it in twice. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Anyways, <laughs> um, like I said, there's this folk music festival, and I haven't really liked it to bring friends. And one thing that one of my friends, uh, Megan, uh, noticed was that every band that was there was like four to five people, all men, except for one woman who didn't play any instruments, but did sing. And mm. this is just the way that folk music is. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. But I know I was, I, it's so bad, but I was like, literally all of my favorite folk bands that I've seen at Folk on the Rocks are like that. Not all of them, but most of yeah. them, I will say. Anyways, but so Laura Marley had a lot of pressure early in her career to be that person who was like, okay, you're going to play guitar, but put down the guitar. You should become a front woman. Um, and she like did collaborate very early on in her career. Uh, personally and professionally, um, with bands like Noah and the Whale and Mumford and Sons. Mm. That's kind of, that's part of, I think, how I also discovered her. I think my sister discovered her as a solo artist first, but I remember my sister telling me about her and was like, oh yeah, she's the one who's like singing the backup tracks and the, all these songs that you really like. And I was like, oh, okay. And so like, she definitely was playing with these bands a lot. And part of this, this new metal scene, not new metal, <laughs> new metal <folk> scene. <laughs> and one thing that she like a couple years down the road was like, I don't really want to be part of a a scene. And that's not out of, I think, a fear on her part of being labeled as one specific type of musician, but it was her very accurately saying, you know, when you're part of this scene and it's all these up and coming musicians and you're all playing together and collaborating together, it's very easy for all of your music to start sounding the same Mm -hmm. and not just like your own style but like your style becomes their style their style becomes someone else's style Ah. and so it's just like this entire genre sounds very similar because it's everyone being like oh here let me play with you on this let me join you at this gig and so when you're all playing together everything does become very 
homogenized. Mm. Um, so she's she's worked very hard to maintain a career and a presence as a solo artist. And we'll talk about this a little later, I think, so I want to give you a chance to start speaking again. Um, but, like, she has, in the past couple years, started collaborating um, with, like, theater companies to do music for theater works. Uh, she started... Uh, composing original music for the show Peaky Blinders. She formed a duo called Lump, where the music they write is largely improvisational. Um, And she's commented before on how that was like a really nervous, nerve-wracking experience for her, and it's also really just fun to listen to because you can hear her kind of, like we talked before, she's got such a careful way of speaking, Mm -hmm. such control over her voice. And then when you listen to Lump, this duo that she's in, there's a lot more hesitation, a lot more of her like tripping over over her words a little bit so it's not rehearsed it is just very yeah i think she's so she's so interesting i like how she's got a very specific style but she is exploring that style in a very nuanced way yeah 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 oh that's cool Mm -hmm. and um me and emma were kind of talking about this beforehand about like names of songs and how like if you listen to them all the time sometimes you don't remember like what the names of the songs I did not realize I've actually heard some songs from her before that I didn't realize I did um, because I was like I've definitely put a couple of these on mixtapes for you before. Yes, one hundred percent. So as we've mentioned in other episodes, um, Emma and I have been making mixed CDs for each other since pretty much we've met each other. So pretty much for the last nine years, um, and now it's slowly evolved into like making Spotify playlists and stuff like that. Um, but I, some of this, I didn't know that was her name because the album would just, it would be like track one, two, three, or four. Because even like anything else, I'd be like, oh my god, I love track 14. And that's all I would say. And you're like, oh yeah. And that's how I would know a song. I remember this because we got, I introduced her to Bear, a pop yes. opera. And I was talking about a specific song and you were like, I don't know what one that is. I just called them by their track <laughs> number and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, track 14 I should have sent you is, the track is, um, are you there? Is track 14. I knew, I knew. You're, <laughs> are you there? Are you there? Oh, love. Oh, so good. Um, but I think the song All My Rage is, was on one of them and it was, I think, I think I'm remembering this correctly. You created uh, two mixed CDs for me. One was called, like, Heating Up, and one was called, like, Cooling Down. Yeah, and that I, was your Alberta summer. Yeah, so I had those. And then um, it was right before I went to Alberta, you made it for me. So I was during my practicum still. It was a very stressful practicum. It was um, my second one. So it was my first practicum as, like, by myself. The first one was a co-one. And I was having a really stressful time, and I would just listen to um, Cool Down when after school I would be, like, prepping, planning, all that stuff before. And I would listen to it because it was, like, chill background music, but it was also, like, there was no swears or anything like that. My rage been gone, I leave my rage to the sea and the sun. I leave my rage to the sea and the sun. As soon as all my rage started playing, I was like, I know, I was transported back in time. I was like, wait, I know who this is. Because before that song played, I was like, why does this voice sound familiar? And it was bugging me so badly. I'm like, why do I know what this voice is? And then that song played. And also, Five Years Time played. I was like, oh, yes. And I gotta say, that song hits differently when it's been five years' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is, not, this is not a song of her, thankfully, but she sings on it. It's a song by Noah and the Whale. 
Um, and it's about like having people in your life and how they can be like really, really important to you. And it's like in five years time, we might not get along in five years time. We might not speak at all in five years time. You might just prove me wrong. And I, God, we're about to get a little personal, it's a little <laughs> spicy, but I put this on a playlist for Jenny and I and our heretofore unnamed third roommate when yeah. we at the end of our first year of university had like signed a lease and we're going to move in and we're like, we're going to live together for the rest of the university um because we were like we're best friends forever and then here we are now several years later five years after i graduated yeah. and jenny and i still talk all the time and i have not talked to that person in a while yes <laughs> yes and it's it's when you hear a song and then you're like especially the way the lyrics are in that song it's so bizarre when you think about it in that way oh yeah who knows like but then oh. i remember putting it on and this person being like, why are you putting this on? It's about people who don't talk to each other in five years. And I was like, no, 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 because the chorus is in five years wrong. You might just prove me wrong. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And now, now oh, here we are. Now, yeah. That song hits differently. Like, the way it works is, you kind of talked about a little bit how Laura Marling has said, like, looking back at past lives and, like, that past life was you, but you've changed and evolved. And I think last five mm-hmm. years kind of, like, even with us, like, we've changed and evolved and people change and evolve in different ways and, like, Mm-hmm. If this one friendship was like this strong then, it doesn't because it's not going on now. It doesn't degrade of what it was before because it that's still part of you, even though it's not like up in the forefront. It's still like got you to your point now, and I think that that's a fun song. It's just it's very good, and it's like I do really in- I love Laura Marling and all of her solo work, but I do love when she does choose to collaborate with people, which is why there are a couple of the songs that she like yes. has done with other people because they're very very fun. Um, but she's basically talking about how she looks at her past, her, her former albums, and she talks about how they are very hard to listen to, but she thinks of herself as a little sister, and it makes her more forgiving to who she is now, and I think that's so sweet, and because a lot of her music, and especially her most recent album, Songs for Our Daughter, uh, is about, like, even though she's not a mother, but she speaks a lot to, like, your matrilineal line Mm. and the relationship between women as friends, and a lot, like, she focuses a lot on the importance of friendships between women and the love you have for other women, and what it is like to be a sister, a daughter, a mother, and she has created this kind of, like, very hard-worn, hard-working character Mm -hmm. for most of her music, and it's just really interesting. That was one thing, because there are a lot of songs when she kind of talks about like a parent or having like a son or a daughter and I had to look up I was like does he have children because it comes up quite a bit but I think that's kind mm-hmm. of just like in folk music but it doesn't mean that you actually have a child <laughs> I know like it's it, it speaks a lot to like generational relationships there's this <laughs> meme like tumblr post I saw and it at Christmas time and it haunts me every day and I cannot remember the actual words of it, but it just popped into my head, where it's Christmas time is all about sitting in the kitchen with your mom uh, while she tells you about her greatest trauma and then goes back to decorating Christmas cookies. (laughs) (laughs) And that, like, is a very real thing, not, like, but but my mom will just kind of, like, always at Christmas time, because that's when my whole family is there now that I live, like, not in the same city as my parents, it is, becomes, like, this very condensed, like, we are only going to talk to each other for two weeks while we, like, download each other and everything that's happening in our lives, um, and so my mom will just, like, pop off with these stories about her childhood, and I'm just like, mom, are you okay? She's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Mom? (laughs) Uh, Mom? Mom, are you okay? (laughs) 
I love my mom so much. Oh, God. I've been, like, really emotional lately because I miss my family because this is, like, I've gone a really long time without seeing them. And I was supposed to see my parents and my sister, like, in the pre-pandemic times. And so I'm just a little salty about it. But I appreciate that Laura Marling's just, like, really into exploring your past lives and, like, the acknowledgement that, like, your mother had a life before you. Yeah. Had many lives before you. And because I've known my mom my whole life, but I have no idea what she was up to the past, yeah. the, like, first, I can't do math, 20-something years. Anyway. Yeah. My dad was, was my age when I was born. I was also making what? my dad a Christmas, not a Christmas card, a Father's Day card. Yeah. Uh, so I've been going through a lot of baby photos, and I can't believe it. I, I was, like, the size of his hand. Oh, my oh, God, like, it's too I much. know. Okay. You were so small. I... I bring this up often. I, my parents had children older than most of my friends' parents did. So it always is bizarre to me when parents, like, my friends' parents are like, yeah, they're going into their 50s or their mid I'm like, my parents are in their 60s. What are you talking about? And I, like, I remember being in elementary school and being like, everyone's parents the same age because we're the same age. That's how it mm-hmm. works. But no, it doesn't work. There was a photo of my dad holding my sister when she's a newborn and literally, like, her whole body fits in the palm of his hand. Oh, my God. It's insane. Like, her whole little butt. Her whole butt. <laughs> just holding it. It's so good. Little baby butt. Anyways, sorry for putting my sister little baby button blast here no it's really cute it's really cute um anyways back to laura marley like all my rage is a really good song i'm talking a lot of just like generics i think but it's like it's because she has dedicated her entire over a decade's worth of music to just exploring this relationship and all the different facets and how you look at things differently at different points in your life and like jenny said relationships grow and change and so when I was making this playlist, like, it's hard to kind of differentiate the songs because they do just all blend together, but it is just this huge masterwork of mm. her being extremely personal. Yeah, and kind of talking again about the song All My Rage, like, I have been listening to a lot of music recently that is not in English, and so I'm usually getting a lot of, like, just feelings from it, so it was it was actually kind of nice to be able to, like, listen to lyrics and know what the words are but then even if it's in English it doesn't mean I actually know what they're talking about <laughs> and I'm like, I should know this isn't a language I speak and it's like wait what are, what are they trying so like when I was listening to All My Rage like I was a little confused like I love the song um, I was a little confused what it was about and then I was kind of like is it kind of saying like you don't have any more anger anymore it's just kind of like gone now like all these things that are happening like, I have nothing. I have no emotions anymore. Like, I don't know if that's what she was going for, but that's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. Um, after, I think one thing that I, I didn't know about until I started doing research for this episode is that uh, after her third album came out, and she was a whopping 23 years of age, um, like, she's she's won several awards. Uh, she wasn't nominated for a Grammy until her second most recent album, Semper Femina. Uh, where she was nominated for Best Original Folk Album, but she has won a few awards in Britain. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. When She she won a Brit Award for Best Female Solo Artist, Ooh. and it was like a pretty stacked year. It was like also when Adele was first hitting it big and was mm. also nominated. So they Boy George is presenting and announces Laura Marling wins, and everyone around is like, who? And she gets up and she's like, hi, I'm Laura, and it's so sweet. She's just like... It's very oh. sweet. So she's got this very, anyways. Um, but like, so she like that was when she was twenty one. Yeah. But she after her third album, 
like, I think quite happily has never hit it super big in the States, certainly hit it big enough to do North American tours, but is not like an Adele level, a Mm. Mumford and Sons level of fame. And that was very conscious. Like she's talked a lot about it. She's like, I've seen how quickly like big award wins can change everything for you. And I'm not interested in that. Mm. So she was feeling just very burnt out and tired and, uh, Emotionally, I can't remember if she said, like, emotionally or lyrically bankrupt. And she moved to L.A. and became a yoga instructor. Yeah, I quickly looked at her Wikipedia. I didn't see the yoga thing, but I just saw, like, the the amount of time she, like... And then she moved here. And then a year later, she moved there. And I'm like, I don't know if that was, like, work-related or, like, personal-related or just kind of, like, change of scenery-related. But I was like, that's a lot of moving. <laughs> yeah, so when she was 23, she just was like, oh, I'm not super famous in the States. I can just go to the States and no one will know who I am. So she moved to LA and became a yoga instructor and was just like, hi, I'm Laura. Um, wow. When she's at this point been nominated for the Mercury Prize multiple times, which is a huge UK songwriting prize, like oh. has like had three like top 10 albums and was just like and she's also said i wasn't a very good yoga instructor i like yoga you know way more about it than i do to be a good teacher (laughs) yeah she's so great i throughout her songs one emotion that is almost constant in almost every song i listen to is the the feeling of regret which i kind of just want to sit her down and be like what happened like i want to know but i also like I totally get that feeling of regret. And there's, I forget what song it was, but she quoted saying, truth I heard about regret. It's the hardest truth I've come to yet. And I'm like, mm. damn. Yeah. Cause like when you regret something, yeah. it's like you realize something, you come to the truth of something regret. Like as if it's, if it's something that you can change later, then like feeling that regret initially could also could be helpful. Cause like I regret it. I didn't do that. I'm going to do it next time. But, like, it doesn't, if it's something... You don't always get a next time. You're not going to get another chance at being 17. Exactly. And it's it's a topic that, like, artists, like, singer-songwriters, they've talked about, like, love, or they talked about, like, guilt or stuff. But, like, specifically regret, I feel like, is such a understated emotion that people don't really dive into as much. Or only say, like, a one-liner here or there. But I think she does a really good job of really really talking about it that and uh in the song i was an eagle which is one of my favorites and it is so gorgeous Mm. she performs it as a as a suite in her concerts including the live stream one that i watched where she like ties it into several other songs um but i love i was an eagle um not uh, speaking a little bit about regret in that but also about um every little girl is so naive every little boy is so naive um let me pull up some of the lyrics uh and also we can play a clip of this as well i i love i was an eagle and it's speaking again like it is hard to look back on things that you regret and it Mm. is hard to look back and think how could i have been so foolish but then it's just the problem with getting older is that you're gonna keep making mistakes yeah the list of mistakes and past grievances keeps adding up every little girl is so Falling in love with the first man that she sees, oh, I will not be a victim of romance. I will not be a victim of circumstance. Yeah, if it's something that you can't change or it's in the past that, like, you've learned from it but you haven't actually, like, accepted it, 
then like regret doesn't do anything. It just like harms you and just kind of like mm-hmm. you're suffering twice. And when, cause you were writing down like the songs that you specifically want to talk about. I heard instead of I was an Eagle, I heard I wasn't evil. And so I wrote that down and I tried to look up the song. I was like, this song doesn't exist. And I was like, maybe it's the Eagle song. And so I did listen to that. I was like, I'm sure this is what you meant. But I was like, I wasn't evil. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I find um, one of the other ones that I recommended to you too is Alas I Cannot Swim which is a like, traditional yes. folk song that is not on Spotify because it is like a bonus track at the end of her album Alas I Cannot Swim which is why I ended up sending you a video of her live performance where that just brings me so much joy I love that song so oh. much it is so fun and when she does yeah. do it as this bonus track on the album it's pretty simple whenever she played it live it would become this like this very raucous like everyone dancing like final song of the show kind of vibe it's- when I was listening to it, it was, she has such good, like, she can paint a picture so well. Like, I can mm-hmm. visually see everything she's talking about. And with that specific song, like, I could definitely feel the sense of, like, er- yearning to to be somewhere and seeing it. But, like, alas, I cannot swim. And, like, you can take that as, this is something you that's not achievable, and so you might as well, and at the end, it's like, I don't want the gold. It's because you've taught yourself you don't want it. But even though, like, every, you should want it, but you're like, I can't. But also, not taking the time to learn how to swim because it's hard. And, mm-hmm. like, I not, I'm just going to not do it because it's hard to get there. And it's like, there's so many options of being, like, you make a boat, learn to swim, like, do all the There's other There's a life thing. across the river that right? is made for me, it's but like you're never going to gr- get there. The grass is greener on the other side, but... Instead of this, it's like, yeah, the grass is greener. You can get there, but you just have to hop the fence, but you don't know how to climb. But it's hard. And your anxiety of, like, I'm going to drown, it's like, well, teach yourself not to, you know? It's, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a fun song. So good. I love that one. Um, I love I Was an Eagle. Again, like, bringing it all back to mothers. So there's, it opens with, uh, so your grandmother sounds like me. And I just love that. Like, I love, I love um, going to thrift stores and finding people's photos and it makes me a little sad when people have like family photos Mm. that are on sale and you have no idea who they are but I love buying them and putting them up in my home and like I just like if I find a photo and it's like I remember you now yeah I especially love when there's little notes and so I love just being like when people talk to you about like oh like you remind me of my grandmother you remind me of your aunt it's something that like is important to them or someone who's important to them it's so good and like kind Um, of like with memories and stuff the song ghost Oh my god. Oh my god. I literally, okay, I had just opened up the tab where I was like, the ghost lyric. This is one of my favorite Laura Marling songs. Um, I love it so much. The music and, like, the melody is super catchy and fun. I like how one sentence can mean so many things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the part when it's like, don't fall down on your knees because I don't believe in everlasting love. Fall down to your knees could be, like, proposing take me home laura it could be like don't fall down because i don't believe in it or it could be don't fall down knees and be sad that because of all my mm-hmm. grief because i don't believe in everlasting love but when she says that you're like this is a contradicted c- contradiction because the entire thing is about how you have these ghosts of past heartbreaks and you don't believe love is everlasting but your heartache of the love is everlasting it seems and it's like so um, i love it because 
two reasons. One, I, I'm so happy that in the past couple of years, Laura Marley has started appearing on more soundtracks and that she started writing music for Peaky Blinders and like started collaborating mm. with theater artists because I think her music is perfect for soundtracks. I think because it is something that is just fits like really lightly and trippingly in a scene. And then it's something where like you rewatch it in a TV show and you're like, oh, dip, that like ah. has a lot of relevant like emotion to that scene. I think, I can't believe she hasn't been used more. Um, but I, and so like Ghost is one that uh, I had on a mixtape my sister made for me. My sister comes up in this podcast all the time. We talk, like, every other day. <laughs> um, anyways, and, and so she put on a playlist for the, the TV show Kings, mm. um, which is a TV show that, uh, became mildly popular on the internet, because it has a really young Sebastian Stan, so, like, Winter Soldier era was, like, a, a minor presence. Uh, it's great. I love Kings. I'm really sad it only lasted one season. But she put this on a song for my favorite couple from the show anyways um but i just love ghost because it is i don't i see it as like a very happy song and it's a very hopeful song to me mm. because it's like oh these are these are just ghosts that broke my heart before i met you and it's like they like these past relationships these ghosts like i'm always going to carry with me they're going to continue to haunt me but it's informed who i am and it's informed yeah. the person that you're falling in love with and I wouldn't be that person without them. And I think that, that that message can often frustrate me because it's like, well, sometimes, yeah, I wouldn't be the person I am if something horrible hadn't happened to me, but I wish it hadn't. I want to be that other person. Yeah. Um, but with this, it's very much like, no, this is who I am. And don't be upset. Like, if, if we don't work out, I don't believe in everlasting love. But, like, it means, that, like, it's very hopeful because it means, like, okay, if this isn't everlasting and we break up, that's okay. I'll find someone new to love. Like, mm. it, it doesn't diminish the importance of that that relationship it's like okay this is this is just part of part of my story oh, yeah. and i think it's important to like not think of yourself in terms of like a fictional narrative because that's something like that i've been talking a lot about lately um i'm going off on another tangent here but like it's very easy to think of myself and my actions of like i think of the social media where am i going with this i'm excited to see where we end up how people choose to frame their lives mm. and i spend a lot of time of like talking about like my involvement in different projects um when I often have, like, a very minor part in them. And so it's easy to, like, say, oh, I'm working on this project or I'm collaborating with this person, mm -hmm. when really it's, like, a very minimal part. And a lot of times I'm very stressed out about, like, who I am in my yeah. career. Wow, I have no idea where the hell's going. Anyways, but, like, it's important to think of yourself not in, like, how other people, how you will look best to other people, but mm -hmm. just be very honest with who you are. And I think that's what Ghosts is doing, mm -hmm. of just being, like, this is my story. It's not a story necessarily for, like, public consumption. Lover, please do not fall to your knees. It's not like I believe in everlasting love. So he went crazy at 19, said he lost all his self esteem and couldn't understand why he was crying. I, I definitely see where you're coming from of like these ghosts these things are with me and like ghosts like some people may see them some people may see the ghosts but sometimes they're just there they're in the background but you don't need to they're not for everyone and it's but it's okay because it is who you I are oh, anyways everyone go go stream the series Kings from NBC from like 2008 or whatever it's a good show it's a good freaking show. I've, I've never heard of it. I've heard of the show Kings, but I have no idea what it's about or anything. It's a modern day adaptation of the story of David. 
uh, oh. from the Bible. And as someone who had to go to a lot of Sunday school growing up, it was very fun to be like, mm, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. What are some other songs that you liked? I'm really curious because I gave you sort yes. of a very wide range. Um, so I liked the song, Where Can I Go? That mm. one was fun. I I really liked the beat and it kind of had like this cool like piano vibe to it at the same time. And I, I, the feeling of like being lost and like seeing there's no end, and there's no beginning, like you don't know where to go. And like you're at night, you're telling me I'm alone. And yeah, I know what's going on, brain. You don't have to remind me all the time. I thought that was a fun song. Um... <laughs> Um, Always This Way was a, is a really good walking song. Walking not in like a I'm going to go somewhere. Walking as in like, because I've been going on a lot of night walks. So like, walking at night. Type <laughs> of feeling. Um, uh, the song Walk Alone. I don't remember that one, even though I put it on the playlist. It's okay. Um, there's a lyric that I was put on this earth to know you somehow. Like I was yes. born to care. And I was like... Man, sometimes, like, I'm very, in my life of values, I put, like, friendship very up high. And even though, like, a lot of these songs are about specifically, like, romantic relationships, I, like, would see them as, like, a friendship relationship. So, like, the whole thing is, like, I was part of this earth to, like, know who you are. I was, like, walking, I was, like, I feel like I was put here to care for people. And so that's a good song. Every time I think about, like, even, like, how we met, what came aligned for that to even happen? You caught a bee in your hands. I've definitely <laughs> talked about this before. The, one of the first times I talked to you, you just <laughs> caught a bee in your hand and you didn't realize. And you were just rolling this bee between your fingers because you thought it was your, like, lanyard. And I was just watching you hold this bee. And I was like, this girl doesn't know fear. The amount of times that bloody <laughs> happens in my life is bizarre. <laughs> How many times have you caught a bee? I'm going to say at least five times. I don't what? know, man. She literally just, like, plucked. It was, she, like, Mr. miyagi did. Not even Mr. Miyagi. You were Ralph Macchio, who catches it on the first try. And I was like, I love her. But just, like, the fact of, like, both of us going to this specific university, both of us having older sisters that went there as being, like, the main big force of us wanting to go there, both signing up for the same type of residency, being on, like the same, like, place and, like, hang out, like... Just wavelength uh, of uh, development. Yes. <laughs> like, everything had to, like, mix and be perfect aligned. And, yeah, that kind of... I like that song. Um, two other songs. Um, one is Your Only Doll. Yeah, that one I know. Oh, dip. She's so... Oh. She speaks... I mean, a lot of it is from her personal experience as this, like, yeah. white woman in the world, but she speaks very clearly about her experience as a woman in the world, in the music industry, in her life, in relationships, mm -hmm. in her family relationships, in her friendships, and that yeah. is a good one where it's just like, you get it, you understand me, Laura Marley, like, but, like, she doesn't, she understands herself, <laughs> and so then I am able to, like, reach into that and apply it to my own life. Yeah! Like, the lyrics in the song is great. The main reason why I like it, I don't know, is... The beginning and the end and throughout, there's birds singing. Yes, and I've said it before. I love good bird singing. You could probably hear birds singing from outside my window right now. Even though it's closed, they'd be loud. Um, and I never even thought it was possible to experience that in a song. And 
I a couple about a month ago, uh, another artist I like called August D, um, came out with his new mixtape and one of his songs called "Set Me Free," it is like the um, interlude of his mixtape. And in this song, birds are chirping in the beginning and very similar to this song. And I remember I was walking around. I was like, is that real birds? Is that not birds? And I just started like crying (laughs) because there's just something like definitely if you haven't heard the song set me free by August, you definitely listen to it. Um, But it is, I never imagined like something so precious to me as birds chirping could be put into a song and used in such a creative way and like fit with the song and give me so many emotions. So it, it hit me so hard. And then when I started, li- and then when your doll started, I was like, oh my God, it's happening again. I fell into the street, poison in my veins. Oh, and then at the end of her Semper Femina album, like it ends with her, like the sound, the last bit of the song is her, the sound of her putting down her guitar and then going outside to her garden. You can hear all the birds and you're just like, this is amazing. I love it because like I talked just uh, a little bit about how like she, she speaks to her own personal experience, but she is very clear and like, you don't need to know everything about her like I think she's worked really hard to be Mm. a successful working musician but not a celebrity um and so I love like the sound of birds it's just like a beautiful yes birds and b when she goes out into the garden it's like not her walking away from music it's her walking into the rest of her life and being like now it's Laura time you don't get to have everything and like the the other the August D song, it's like being like set me free like a bird like, and it was created like kind of during quarantine as well. Mm. So kind of like being able to like go out in the world. And there's something about birds chirping that like even like in like Endgame, I'm not gonna spoil it, but when birds start chirping, like you know what happened, and it's so emotional and how powerful like life is, and you're like. Oh. Another reason that I love you, Jenny, is that Endgame came out over a calendar year ago, and you were like, no spoilers, and I respect that about you, because there are people in this world who haven't seen Endgame yet, and I respect that, yeah. you, that you respect them. <laughs> you want, Well, yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, our whole, like, we hate spoilers, but we talk about stuff very spoilery, but this is not about that episode, so you wouldn't know. Anywho, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then the final song I want to talk about is The Water. Yes. Um, such intense like imagery like so vivid I could like I felt like I was watching like a cartoon painting like animation happening as it was happening and I was like getting emotional with this song as well but um just because how important water is to me we kind of like we briefly talked about it in a frozen episode of like what element would you be and water has such a strong connection to me because I've lived on an island my whole life. I used to live right across the street from the ocean. I would swim every day and like my favorite color is blue. And like she also mentions like where the sea, when the blue sea meets the sky. And that's one of my favorite visual when 
the sky is like still like really blue and then like the mountains are kind of the similar shade of blue and it goes into the ocean I'm like oh I and it's like when it's she says like the water sustains me I'm like it does like I struggle imagining myself living somewhere where there isn't the ocean or like being <sighs> landlocked or like not by a body of water because it's just so calming and I'm just so like it's a constant and I feel like anytime I'm like down or anything, I like go somewhere, even if there's any body of water, if there's like a lake or a river or a reservoir or anything, I'm like, ah, like everything, it's so vast and so powerful and so unpredictable yet steady. Mm-hmm. And ah, I just love water. Um, water. <laughs> this is like me living in downtown Toronto and being like such a country bumpkin and not realizing that I was in walking distance to, to the lake. And, that like, was my favorite photo I've ever gotten from you. It's all of a sudden you just have a photo of a, like some water. You're like, I don't know where I am. Where am I? Like, oh. I and I'm like, it's, it's, it's the lake, Emma. It's a huge body of water. You've been very close to it this entire time. And I'm like, I don't ever walk in that direction. I don't ever walk south. I walk north. Or I walk to the movie theater i have yeah. a very limited set of spaces i go to under normal circumstances yeah. but quarantine has allowed me to realize oh shoot i'm in walking distance to water and it's been yeah. very nice i also love water the song <laughs> because i didn't know who this man was at the time it's it is a, like a song she did with someone and it's johnny flynn who i really like also um but i didn't know who he was until recently he's also an actor and he's in the new emma period movie oh. um and he plays mr knightley who is i think emma's my favorite jane austen as obviously for some reasons um <laughs> but also because emma woodhouse is a fantastic heroine and extremely relatable i feel like oh man i feel like if we were to do a modern day emma period adaptation i aside from clueless which has already been done to perfection um like laura marling would be a great choice for a soundtrack mm. because a lot of of emma the novel uh is about making mistakes and having to atone for them but not being unkind to your younger self because yeah mm. like her music is such like it's a very specific type of music it's great for like background music it's great if you're in like a certain like kind of mood or like soundtrack wise whimsical emotional yeah like and yeah a lot of her songs would be so good as soundtracks i know oh man one thing i really like that she started doing also like, we can wrap up pretty quickly because we've been talking for about an hour. Holy doodle. Um, but she talks... Lately, she has been writing from the perspective of kind of, like, fictional women. Mm. Aside from, like, this character she's created as a singer-songwriter. But, like, on Semper Femina, her, one of the songs on the album is a reference to the Ibsen play A Doll's House. Which is a, a play about a woman choosing to leave her, her family mm. to become someone else and become happy again and so she's like kind of referencing that and she's also written a song on her latest album alexandra leaving and it's a reference to the leonard cohen song alexandra um and about like how this song is the the original leonard cohen song is about a woman named alexandra who's like leaving her life and why and then uh, laura marling was like but why is she doing that where did she go what did she do um Mm. and i just like how she is taking this time to explore the lives of other women, and I, I hope she continues to do that. One thing that I have never listened to, but I just discovered in my research, is that she also used to do a podcast. 
um, called Reversal of the Muse. And she wrote it because she talked a lot about how she's like, I have been projected upon. I have had songs written about me. And quite frankly, thumbs down. Um, That's not her quote. (laughs) That's an Emma paraphrase. That's an Emma Ridge. Um, But she's doing this podcast and it's got some really great people on it. She only did one season, but it's got like Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, Haim, Shura. And it's all these women about, like, their experience in the music industry Mm. and their experience of being, like, someone's muse or, like, how they were forced or asked to change their image. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to digging into that. And so I really like that she is, like, kind of, as she moves in and continues to make music and continues to want to make music, I'm looking forward to her exploring the voices of women aside from herself and Mm. outside of her, her circle. Because I think she's got yeah. a really good observational eye and a good hand for, for writing. She's so cool. She's so cool. Yeah, I remember oh like you sent me some of um, a couple of her tiny desk performances. And you can listen to the music like just on Spotify or just like listening to it by itself. But then when you see her actually perform it, like you can't look away. I had this like vision because it was like tiny desk is like is tiny, right? It's pretty small. I could like envision her like busking and like walking and all of a sudden you're like oh my god like that is amazing and like a crowd starting to form and like her not noticing and then like oh it's just i couldn't look away so beautiful oh yeah oh after all this did you enjoy laura marling i did laura marling okay good i was just like wait what if she's just been humoring me this entire time (laughs) anywho gets one star no um (laughs) yeah i i really i really did enjoy it it is it is very good. Emma made a playlist. I'm not going to lie. It was a little too long for me. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about it because, like I said, like my sister made this playlist and I was like, oh, I want to put my other songs. And then Jenny, we were talking about recording. Like, we were leaving. Like, life has just been a little bit chaotic for, I think, the both of us in different ways the past couple of weeks. So we're recording this really short turnaround. And Jenny was like, yes, the playlist is long. Can you tell me your faves? And I was like, it's like an hour and a half. And then I was like, oh, it is two and a half hours. I am so sorry. <laughs> I, like, tried to start listening to it a few like a couple of times and it was always like a struggle because I was like I I, you know when you like look at a book you're like I need to finish it but if there's so many but I knew there was good stuff in it so I was like I gotta get through it but no it was very enjoyable and I did like it what would my rating be it kind of I just I'm sorry I just got up and walked away but I wanted to show Jenny the book that I'm reading right now and I know I'm gonna love it but I keep getting four pages (laughs) in and being like I can't right now and then I also it was lent to me by a friend and she was like oh I have all the books and I'll like lend them to you and I was like awesome I learned she has all the books that are out currently this is the first in a seven book series and only the first three are out and now I'm just like this is like it's a super cool concept I'm not gonna say the title because I haven't made an official decision on it yet um and but now I'm like this is just such a commitment it's freaking huge and there's gonna be seven of them like I this is gonna be the next four years of my life at least (laughs) anyways yeah and I was like for my artist next week I like looked I was like mine's like under an hour and I was like Evans was like over two hours like dear lord (laughs) I know she's had so many albums so I was like oh I'll do a couple songs from each album and then oh some of her collabs and I was like but then when you discuss of how like you kind of just put this on when you're working and like you can have like some like background so like I totally get that the first time I started listening to it I definitely was not in the mood for that type of music because mm-hmm. if you've seen some of the things I've recommended for music, it's kind of been like more like upbeat. Like I've been driving in my car a lot or like going for runs and it's been like a completely different feel. And so this type of music is completely different. Um, 
But then, because as we said, it's we have a quick turnaround. Um, and then I eventually started listening to it again, and I was in a different mood. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I get Laura it. Marlin gets it. Laura Marlin yeah. understands me. So, um, for the stars, I have given it a 4.5. This is thrilling to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if similar... <laughs> I got a spinny chair with that yeah. support. Except I'm really worried I'm going to slam my knees against the desk and everything. All of my setup is so precarious. I'm like, this could break so badly. I'm like... <laughs> Um, yeah, so similar to fried green tomatoes, because we waited longer, I liked it more. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, and also the only reason why I didn't give it a five is, um, it, I have to be in a specific mood to listen to it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like not the best thing to say because like the person I'm bringing next for next week is similar in that way that it's a very similar type thing, but it was very much, I think it was, like, just because there were so many songs, and I was, like, overwhelmed, and it was just a lot, um, and, like, very specific type of mood, but I'd, like, go for a walk, and I'm like, oh, I want to, like, listen to some Pump Up, and I'm like, Ugh. I, know. <laughs> I joke a lot about how I listen to exclusively sad girl music. I do also listen to, like, a lot of, a lot of songs that could be played at a prom in the 1980s, uh, so mm. the next time I pick an artist, it'll be that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it, and it is definitely songs that I will keep, like, um, like liked on Spotify and will be in my rotation and yeah, good time. House across a river, but alas, I cannot swim. And a garden of such beauty that the flowers seem to grin. There's a house across the river, but alas, I cannot swim. I'll live my life regretting that I never jumped in. Rock and roll, baby. Okay, also. You didn't uh, clock it, but halfway through recording, I made this face. I did see that, and I just continued on, and I didn't know what it was. Um, It was me being like, oh, shit, because I was very... Sorry, I swore. Um, We can swear. We're explicit on... But We are. But we we don't turn all this episode, so it felt really jarring. I'm sorry, Laura. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, that was me, like, because I was like, oh, do I need to get an unshareable or a swap? And I was like, no, it's not my turn this week. And then halfway through, I was like, oh, I have to make up a, a closing segment. But I've got one. I've got oh, one. okay. It's Ron, I probably should have asked you already. We might have to cut out some think time. Okay. Where I, I talked a lot about how I think she makes really good soundtrack music, because I think mm. she is one where you would have her in the back of, like, a party scene at a, like a teen coming of age drama mm. and to be really pretty and then later when you're going back and listening to that soundtrack you understand exactly why they picked it for that scene so not even laura marley but is there like a song that you really like that hasn't been featured in a movie that you think would just be like an absolute slap for any kind of scene it can be like well, how has this song never Ooh. been in a musical number or how has this song not been Ooh, okay let's for, like a love scene like I have so many songs that I wish could be on soundtracks. I definitely have thought about it. I just don't... I just need to get... Uh, I need to jog my little noggin of what it is. <laughs> Gotta give it a joggin. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, let me see. Oh. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Also, Laura Marling is currently studying... For her master's in psychoanalysis. So that's what she's doing with Whoa. her quarantine. Oh my god. What is that? Understanding herself and realizing things. Like, 
analyzing the psyche? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder where... I need to look this up. I'm like, I wonder what university she's doing it through. Maybe that information's not public. I don't need to know everything about you, Laura. It's fine. Okay, one song. Um, there is a BTS song called Euphoria. Mm. And it is definitely a, like, coming-of-age-esque, like, that's how I can vision this song being, like, finally the couple or like finally like the friends get to hang out together and um mm. the song euphoria it's sung by jungkook from bts but it's in the i think the love yourself answer album um and it emma you should definitely listen to it because it would i will it would be such a good song for like a coming of age or like the ending of a rom-com um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good. I, just about Laura Ryan Clarence, we didn't talk about it. She's got one called Crawled Out of the Sea. Mm. Um, that is about crawling out of the sea. And I just think it would be so good. Like, we've kind of reached that, past that phase where, like, for a long time it was romantic vampires, romantic werewolves, romantic zombies. But it makes me, and we've, like, there's TV shows where it's sirens and mermaids, but I want, like, a silky story. Ooh. I, like, when you first mentioned, like, a song that's been, like, this, that automatically, because I was, last night was watching with my roommates, um, How to Go With Murder, the song that they play when she was, like, taking off her makeup. That Bastille song? Also, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Harper's Island of when the, like, (laughs) take me away. That, Harper's (laughs) Island, we are, we will be the last people on this earth to talk about Harper's Island. We are the only ones who remember that existence of that show. And that one scene... It's a murder mystery, mystery, lightly, loosely mystery show. It's yeah. more just watching a hot young singles get murdered. Yeah, I don't know island. if I could, I don't even know if I would recommend it. I don't, like, it's not good. I don't even, like, didn't watch it mainly, but I was there while people were watching it because it's so you gory. Watched it from under, you, you heard it. <laughs> I heard it happen. But that one scene I watched and I was like, oh, and then there she, is like, oh. one, if you ever do, I won't say it because you ever do want to watch Harper's Island, but like there's yeah. one scene with like our two favorite characters and they die a horrible death um but it is so affecting and you're just like (laughs) oh the soundtrack Um, it's amazing what like songs like from a soundtrack can do and like how powerful that could be oh oh man like dream job music supervisor and like helping compile soundtracks there's this song by the band the oh hellos and they're a a texas folk band um Mm. it's a brother sister duo and they've got this song called the lament of eustace scrubs and I think it would be a perfect end credits song for like a really like film noir There's this there's this forgotten YA novel called Please Ignore Vier Dietz. Um and I think if they ever made an adaptation, which they never will, because no one remembers this YA novel, but it would be perfect because it's like this very grim kind of film noir, like this girl investigating the death of her best friend and what happened. It's um, very broad of school. It is. It's really Veronica Mars, Brick, that kind of style. Anyways, but I think this song by the Oh Hellos, you can wait till you put a clip of in, because um, it's this very gentle song, and then you get like a third of the way through, and it never like fully ramps up, but it like hits, and they like bring in drums, and it picks up, and I think it would be so good for like this last shot, and then the drums hit, and the credits start. Like, I can just picture it for this one specific book that will never be adapted, but should be, So I was very moved by this novel. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Laura Marling. Next week, do you want to say who we're talking about next week? Um, 
who it is, it is also, uh, which is ironic, it is also a British singer, songwriter. <laughs> and um, she, like, Laura Marling is for Emma's sister. This person is my one of my sister's favorite artists. And oh. it is a good time. But it is also, like, like you said, like, girls singing about sad things. <laughs> sad girl music. Yeah. I also just bought the new Phoebe Richards album. It's a good time to be alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is this week's episode. I'm looking at my computer and praying everything worked. I think it did. Oh my god. I'm yeah. s- we'll find out. Um, and so, remember to, if you are interested, uh, follow us on Twitter at Hi-Ho Podcast or send us an email at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. Um, Twitter's scary, so, like, come say hello, and so that I have someone to interact with. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, And until then, remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. This has been Have You Heard Of on NPR, live from Emma's fancy chair with neck support. Good evening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you laughed at that. I don't know if it was funny. (laughs) 